Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Alrighty then, let's come back together. Good morning. Hello those online, we want to welcome you today. We hope you have a great day with us. G'day everyone, it's great to be in church. Thank you Annabelle for leading us in worship so well, wherever your Annabelle is. What a blessing. There she is. You're a blessing to us. Thank you, Annabelle. What a blessing you are. Are you ready for the word today? You know, God speaks to us by his word. His word gives us all we need for life. It gives us direction. It gives us purpose. It shows us how we're to live. Let's pray that God would speak to us today. So, Father, we thank you and we bless you. We thank you, God, for who you are and what you do. We thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that you would speak through your word to us. Bring transformation to our hearts. Bring transformation to our minds. Use this for your purpose and glory in Jesus' name. Whoa. Amen. Amen. You guys want to sort that out at the back? That'd be great. So here we go. There are two types of people in the world. Two types of people in the world. Those who like surprises and those who don't. Which one are you? Who likes surprises? Surprises? Who's hands down? Who likes not who doesn't like surprises? Yes. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, you don't, you don't fit. It's either you do or you don't. You're out, Pete. You don't fit. Right. No, there's not. Definitely not. So, so, so for me, like, I, I so don't like surprises. I like to know what I'm getting for Christmas before I get it. Anyone like that? Actually, I want to go one step further, and I want to pick the presents they're going to buy me for Christmas. Who's into that? If you're into that, I love that. Yeah, you know what we're getting. My, uh, my uh, life changed when Annette, where's Annette, took over my diary. Annette's our administrator and took over my diary and she organizes my appointments in my diary. That changed my life. It meant organization, it meant structure. I love organization and structure. And sometimes I need to be told where to be and what to do. That really helps me. Um, I like going to the same places for every Friday for our together and the same cafe. She, my wife tried to get me to a few other cafes, but no, I've got to stay at the same cafe. I, uh, I uh, like the same holiday destination because I know where I'm going fishing. I know where I've got food. I like it all the same. My wife says, Nathan, hashtag boring. So boring. Who's on my side? Two, three people, four people, five people, six. I'm counting. Who's on Michelle's side? Who's always on Michelle's side? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, awesome. So organization and structure are really important, aren't they? They help us plan. They help us um, get things done, organization and structure. But organization and structure and being those control freaks, um, that can be a problem when it comes to living by faith. Because living by faith often means this, where we need to step into the unknown. Living by faith often equals Stepping into the unknown, where God calls us to do things we have no expectation, we're not looking, we're not seeing that coming. God asks us to do things we don't expect, and living by faith is often stepping into the unknown. When I was a young guy, I committed my life to Jesus in a SRE class at Padstow Park Public School at the age of eight. Then got serious for Jesus at the age of 17 and wanted to live my life for him. Something clicked at 17. But when I made those decisions, I had no, no idea 
of what the future is, of what the future would hold. I was simply saying yes to Jesus. And when we say yes to Jesus, and if you made that decision, that is the best decision that you could ever make. But you don't know what's coming. We simply say yes to him, and then God leads us and guides us. At the age of 17, when I got serious about Jesus, at the end of that year, I was invited on beach mission for the first time. Beach mission where we, a whole bunch of Christians go to a caravan park, and you're there for about a week, and a week and a half, and you share Jesus with the campers and the people staying there. And I went there at the age of 17 or 18, and for the next 11 years, I did that up at Fingal Bay, um, Nelson's Bay area. Anyone like that area? Nelson Bay, Fingal Bay area? I went to that caravan park around that Christmas time, and I spent about 110 days over that 11-year period sharing the message of Jesus with those campers. What a hoot. It was so much fun. And what a privilege, right? What a privilege. When I said yes to Jesus at the age of 8 and even at 17, I had no idea that was coming. But when we say yes, God gets us to step into the unknown. At the age of two, um, in 2001, I was at a table conference. And Barry Chan, I shared this message last time I spoke, Barry Chant, the principal of the college, gave an order call to go to Bible college. I had no desire to go to Bible college. I was part of a church and doing music ministry and worship ministry, and it was going great. And then in that gathering, God by his spirit, the spirit of God leapt within me and was like, Nathan, go to Bible college. All right, I'm going to Bible college. I had no, no expectation, no desire for that. And God spoke, and as a result, I stepped into the unknown. I was at college from 2001 to 2007, at the end of 2007, God says to me, Nathan, you'll be leading the church next year. And God gave me the next step, and I started in 2008. When I was a young kid, as a teenager, I had no desire to be a pastor. That was not on the radar. And yet when we say yes to Jesus, he leads us to places that are unknown. And as a pastor, man, I have so many things come up that you don't expect. Um, I have the privilege to invest in people's lives and encourage people. Yesterday, I did a wedding. Um, of someone who came to our church three years ago, really broken. His marriage had just busted up. And I did the wedding, and then at the end of it, he did a speech. And I didn't see this coming, but he thanked me that he said, Nathan has done the journey with me over these last three years. I was very broken. He loved me. He gave me opportunity to serve in the church, and now I'm thriving. I'm like, yes. Is there anything greater than that? Like, what a privilege to be part of that. I get to do the journey with people who are, stri- who, are, who are struggling. I get to do the journey with those who are thriving. It's a privilege. But it's not all, it's not all wonderful. Uh, one day, I got a message. Someone told me that um, in the toilets down here, someone missed the bowl for a number two. And so I uh, went down to the bathroom, and, um, and they missed the bowl, number two. And it was all over the floor. It was the nastiest thing I've ever seen. And so as the pastor of the church, and in my high and lofty position, I thought to myself, who can I get to clean that up? And I went, no, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. A pastor is servant at all. So I went and got gloves. You'd be happy to know, wife. I got gloves and then toilet paper and scooped it off the floor and put it into the toilet. And there was like lots of it, like lots, chunky brown, there was bits of like vegetables in the night, right? And I scooped it all up and I flushed and mopped the floor, took the gloves off, cleaned my hands. They're the things you do as a pastor, the things you don't expect. When you serve God, God leads you to places that are, that are unknown. God leads you in the unknown. 
<laughs> you step into the unknown. And, and, and let me say, what a privilege it is to, to, to follow God. I mean, if you've been a Christian for some time, God will have asked you to do stuff you didn't see coming, you didn't expect. But what a journey and what a privilege it is to do day by day with the Lord, where God takes you to places you don't expect, do things he wants you to do. Now I'm leading and he, um, part of the worship ministry of Transform Cambodia. And there's thousands of people involved in this. And I had no desire for that. But this opportunity came and I said yes. And what a privilege. And we're going on Friday as a family. We're going to Cambodia. Um, pray for us. We're taking Michelle and Aiden and Joel and Alicia. The first time we're all going. We've been gone for 10 days. It should be great. God leads us into the unknown. The person I want to speak to about today, the person I want to speak about today is Abraham. We, we find out about Abraham in the book of Genesis. And he was the man who stepped into the unknown. I think there's like a couple of famous people in the Old Testament. One of them is Moses. And I reckon the most famous would be Abraham. God spoke to Abraham and called him to be his representative on the earth. And God said, you're going to have descendants. And from Abraham came the Jewish people. And one of Abraham's descendants was Jesus. Hugely influential character in history and for all of us. The Bible describes him as our father because he was the man who put his trust in God. And everyone who puts their trust in God is like related to him because we all have God as our father. Awesome. So what we're going to do today, we're going to turn to our next part of Hebrews 11 as we look at the heroes of faith. And, and I want to show you what Abraham did. When Abraham was called by God to go, the Bible says he obeyed and went. When God spoke to him, the Bible says that he obeyed and went. And as I read the commentary on this, the, the, um, the commentator says it was immediate. It was immediate. Where God spoke and he immediately went. As a family, we are talking to our kids about first-time obedience. We talk about it. It doesn't happen. But we would really like it to happen where we uh, say to our kids, do this, and they immediately do it. Who would love that to happen in their household? Yeah, all the parents love that. That's what we see with Abraham. Abraham had first-time obedience with the Lord. Let's read this, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Michelle, it's 11, 11. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, first-time obedience. And listen to the next bit. Even though he didn't know where he was going, he stepped into the unknown, even though he didn't know where he was going. Verse 9. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger. Oh, wow. In a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. We're going to pull this passage, these verses apart today. Um, but the first thing we need to do is go back to Genesis 12, because a lot of what we read about in those verses relates back to Genesis 12. And at the end of Genesis 11, beginning of chapter 12, we find out about Abraham. And God speaks to Abraham and gives him instructions and also says what God is going to do as he goes along the way. It's an incredible passage. Now, as we start reading it, you'll notice that Abraham's name is different. Because when God first started, to, when, when God first started speaking to Abraham, God's, um, Abraham's name was Abram, which meant exalted father. And in Genesis 17, God changed his name, like God often changes people's names, 
to Abraham, which means father of many. So when we read this in Genesis 12.1, when it talks about Abraham, same guy. Abraham, Abraham, same guy. That's important. Verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. He didn't say go to Wattlegrove. He didn't say go to Newcastle. He didn't say go to Brisbane or London. He said, go to the land I will show you, stepping into the unknown. Verse 2. God says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Verse 4. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his, took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they, they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Set out for the land of Canaan and arrived there. Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Last verse, verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So we built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. As we look at this passage from Genesis 12, as we look back at Hebrews 11, I want to give you four things today that we're going to see from this text. And the first thing is this. Living by faith means that we step into the unknown. This is how I started the message. God takes you to places that you don't see coming. That's what it means to live by faith. You are trusting God. And it leads to you stepping into places where you've got to trust him because you don't know always where you're going. Look at what it says in Hebrews 11.8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. God said go, and he went, even though he didn't know where he was going. And in Genesis 12.1, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So you get moving, start walking, and when it's time, I will show you where the land is. You might think that's pretty scary for us organized control freaks, know what we're getting for Christmas. Stepping into the unknown can be super scary, but that's the reality of living by faith. It reminds me of Peter. Um, when, when he was a fisherman and he was playing with his nets and Jesus walks up to him and says, hey, Peter, come and follow me. Well, he called him Simon, actually, because Jesus changes Peter later, whatever. Simon, come and follow me. And Jesus gives him a glimpse of his future and says, I will make you fishers of men. That's a really clear blueprint. There's a really clear, no, there's not very clear at all. When, 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 when Simon Peter said yes to Jesus, he didn't know what he was saying, next, saying yes to other than following Jesus. He didn't know what the next three years was going to look like, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. He didn't see the day of Pentecost coming, where he stood up and preached the message and 3,000 people were saved on that day. He didn't see himself leading the church in Jerusalem. He was like, yes, Jesus, I'm going to choose to follow you today. How about the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, Acts 9? When Paul said yes to Jesus on that day, do you think Paul had any idea of what, what the future would hold? That he'd be the apostle, the sent one to the Gentiles? 
that he preached the gospel in all over the known world. He'd set up churches. He'd oversee those churches. He'd work in signs and wonders. He'd write half the New Testament. That he'd get locked up in Ephesus and in Caesarea, locked up in Rome, prison in Rome. He didn't see any of that coming. He simply said yes to Jesus. John, um, Jesus says this in John chapter 3. He says, those who are my people who are, will be people who are led by the Spirit. And, and, and just like you don't know where the wind is blowing, so it will be those who are led by the Spirit. When we say yes to him, we're saying yes, God, which, could lead, which regularly means stepping into the unknown. But the thing is, when we step into the unknown, this is what happens. God doesn't give us the full picture, but a piece at a time. God doesn't give us the full blueprint. He gives us a piece at a time. I don't know if you've ever been for a job. I went, I went for a job interview when I was 15 at Reesby McDonald's. Um, I uh, did the interview, got the job, and they said training is on Sundays for the next three Sundays. And I said, well, I can't do Sunday training because I do church on Sundays, and they never ran me back. I didn't get the job. But if you've been for a job today, you have an interview, and you have, might have a few interviews, and, and not only do they, do they check you out, you check them out. And you ask questions like, what's my salary? Can I work from home? Who am I working with? Um, what are my bonuses? What are my holidays? And you get all this information so that you know what you're stepping into, yes? But when you take a step of faith, that's not always the case. Abraham stepped into the unknown. You know, one of the things we say about Abraham and the promises God gave Abraham was going to be a great nation, lots of descendants. And we often talk about God promising him a land. But as we read this text from Genesis chapter 12, God says, go and I will show you the land later. It's not until Abraham gets there that God says, this is the land. Look at verse 6, Genesis 12. Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an order there to the Lord who had appeared to him. God didn't say, I want you to go to the land of Cana because that's your promised land. God didn't say that. He said, Go and I will show you. When Abraham got there, God said, this is the land that I'm going to show you. See, God doesn't give us the big picture, but he gives us the next step along the way. In 2001, when I went to Bible college, I had no idea that I was going to be a pastor, let alone even, I didn't even know this church existed. I may have known it existed, but this wasn't even on my radar, but it was on God's radar. So he got me to Bible college, and as I finished Bible college, the next year I started here. We don't see the next step, but God sees the... Well, sorry, we don't see the full picture. God will show us the next step, but God sees the next step and he sees the full picture, which is super important. But what God does, right? Here's the third point. But what God does as we step into the unknown, God tells us what he will do along the way. This is super important because stepping into the unknown can be super scary we might know the next step, but we won't know all the steps. But God tells us what he will do along the way. Look at what God says to Abraham in Genesis 12 too. He says, he says, go, and then he says, I will make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you, 
and I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those and whoever curses you, I'll curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. See, God doesn't give Abraham the full picture, but what he does do is that he tells him what he will do as he goes. He says, I'm going to, make, I'm going to give you many descendants, even though he's 75 years old. He said, I'm going to make you famous, that, that I'm going to bless you, that he was going to bless those who blessed Abraham. He was going to curse those that cursed Abraham, and all people on earth will be blessed through him. And just like God promised, promised to Abraham what he would do, it's the same with us. You know, when you say yes to Jesus, God makes many promises to you. He promises to forgive your sin. He promises to never leave you nor forsake you. He promises to provide for you. He promises to strengthen you. He promises to empower you. He promises to give you all that you need to do the thing that he wants you to do. So as we talk about stepping into the unknown and not knowing the big picture, but simply the next step, we can, we can step with less and less fear. Why? Because we know the one who is guiding us, we know the one who is calling us, we know the one who is carrying us. He is trustworthy, he's reliable, he will carry us, he will guide us, he will provide for us, he will give us everything we need. And so the thing about stepping out in fear, stepping out in faith, the fear drifts away because we know the one we're putting our trust in. Amen? Amen. Super important. Super important. And the final thing, the fourth thing for, for, for today is this. Tomorrow may be uncertain, may be unknown, but the destination is sure. Tomorrow may be unknown, but the destination is sure. Friends, what's our destination? Eternity. We are in this temporary world, and we're living for 80, 90, maybe 100 years, and this is temporary, and any minute you could breathe your last breath, but our destination is eternity. And how do we get eternity? It's through faith. This, the Hebrews 11 celebrates people of faith. And it's always been through faith that God has given righteousness, that God has given relationship with God, that God has given eternal life. It's always through faith, by putting your trust in Him. And in this text, Paul, uh, Paul Abraham lived the way he lived because of the destination that was ahead of him. Look at verse 9 of Hebrews 11. It says, By faith... He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. You know, why did Abraham do everything God wanted, God wanted him to do? Why did he do it? You know, what God asked Abraham to do wasn't an easy thing. He asked him to leave his family and his land, the people that he knew, the city that he knew, the culture that he knew. And he says, I'm going to send you to a land that you are unsure of, that you, you, you don't even know where you're going. Why did he go? Maybe because he loved God and knew God was with him. Maybe he knew God was king of the earth and boss, and because he's king, we want, to obedient. We, we want to be obedient to the king. And most probably all those things are true. But what the scripture teaches us is that Abraham did everything in this life like God wanted him to do because he was looking forward to the next one. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. 
Abraham went through temporary discomfort because of he knew of what is ahead of him in eternity. He went through difficulty in this life. He left stuff and comfort behind in order to be obedient to God, knowing what is ahead of him. He was looking forward. The scripture says in Hebrews 11:9, by faith he made his home in the promised land. He was like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. These are all temporary things, discomfort things, because he knew what was ahead of him. One of the, um, the version devotionals we've done recently is, has been by Louis Giglio entitled, Goliath Must Fall. And in the devotional, he talked about some of the giants, some of the Goliaths in our lives. And one of the Goliaths he talked about was comfort. And this is the one that really struck me, that we all want to be comfortable doesn't matter who you are, what culture you're from, we all want to be comfortable. And as Christians, we lead towards comfort. But comfort doesn't always line up with faith. Doesn't always line up with faith. And Abraham, in this text, tells us that he was willing to get uncomfortable to be obedient to God, to leave his family, the place that he knew, the culture he knew behind, in order to step out and do the thing God wanted him to do. And that was uncomfortable, but why did he do it? Because he loved God, obeyed God, but because he was looking forward to the world to come. And friends, as a believer, you have a world to come. And the Bible says to us clearly that we are to live like this life is temporary. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, the writer describes us as aliens and strangers in this world. This is not our permanent home. We are temporary residents. Our true home is eternity. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Don't focus on building stuff here where the moth and the rust is going to destroy. Rather, focus on eternity and living in a way that influences others' lives and building into the kingdom so that you will see the eternal rewards of eternity. In 1 Corinthians 3, it talks about the second judgment. The first judgment, um, are you in or are you out? The second judgment is about God's going to judge you on what you've done with what you've God's going to judge you on what what you've done with what he's given you. You're going to be asked to give an account of how you lived. And this is all about living in eternity, and you'll be rewarded in eternity. How you live in eternity will be affected by how you live here. If you live faithfully, you'll have more in the next life to come. Jesus wants us to focus on the next life, just like Abraham did here. And it might mean giving up some comfort. It might mean stepping out of your comfort zone and saying yes to God. It might mean sharing your faith with someone who needs to hear about Jesus. It might mean giving financially to um, God's church or to LifeGet Care or Transform Cambodia or whatever, SRE in schools. It might mean giving financially to someone who need to support them. It might mean leaving this country and going overseas like Jackie Gibbon did all those years ago. Do you think it was... Where did you have Josh? What country? Do you think it was comfortable for Jackie to have the birth of her first son in Hong Kong? Do you think it was comfortable for Jackie to have the birth of Christy, her second born, in Egypt? The third born, Sarah, was born in Campbelltown Hospital. We know that. That was much more comfortable, living with, like, in Australia with family. But why, did, why, would her, why, would her, why was the birth, why did she have children overseas? Because she was called by God out of the comfortableness of life to step out and do the thing God wants her to do. 
She's willing to do that because she knew what Jackie knows what's next. Jackie knows that this life is temporary and the next one is eternal. And we're to, and we are to all live like this is temporary and the next one is eternal. So as we come to the end of this message, band, come on up, please. Full band today, please. As we come to the end of this message, as a teenager, as a young kid, when I first said yes to Jesus, I had no concept of what the future would hold. Because living by faith means that we step into the unknown. And as a, as a believer, when you say yes to God, God will lead you into areas you have no, didn't see coming. But wow, what a privilege. The second thing we saw is that God doesn't give you the full picture, but he does give you the next piece of the puzzle. He will show you the next piece. The next piece. As we take the next step, God tells us what he will do along the way, that he will provide, that he will protect, he will love, he will guide. And finally, tomorrow may be unknown, but our destination is sure. Our destination is sure. So as we come to the end of this message, you know, God's looking for our yes. God's got it all worked out, and you don't, and that's okay. He's got it enough worked out for both of us, me and him, for all of us. He's got it all worked out. God's looking for our yes. Are people to say, yes, God, here I am. I'm going to surrender to you today, and I'm going to say yes to you. I know it means stepping into the unknown, but I'm going to do it knowing that you see the full picture, knowing that you're with me each step of the way, and knowing that this life is temporary, but the next one's eternal. So I invite you to stand today, church, to stand together. And what I'd love you to do today is to choose to surrender to him again. to surrender to him today and say, God, I'm willing to say yes to you. I'm willing to step into the unknown to do the thing you asked me to do, which is by faith. I'm willing because I know that you're going to be with me in that. I know you see the big picture and I know this life is temporary. God, shake up my comfortableness that I'll be uncomfortable for you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Yeah, we're going to sing a song, but I really want to give you an opportunity to surrender today and say, yes, God, here I am. I'm willing to step into the unknown by faith. If that's you today, you know, I'm going to ask you to take a, a, a radical step. It's not that radical, really. I just want you to come and stand at the front and say, God, I'm in. Sometimes we need to get out of our chairs and you take a step forward as a way of saying, God, I want to surrender all my life to you. I'm willing to step into the unknown because I know you're, I know you're going to carry me. I know the plan. You, I know you have a plan for me. So as we sing, come forward, stand, and surrender to the Lord. Maybe kneel before him. Come on now. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. 
So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.